everybody, and welcome back to the Media Buffet Podcast. I am your co-host, Chef Matthew Fletcher. And I'm your second co-host, Kendall Bynes. I don't I don't cook. Come on, bro. Cook. Come on. <laughs> and uh no, yeah. on today's episode, as you can tell, we're gonna be talking about the bear season one, finally, after saying it for months now. <laughs> and we meant to put this out before season two came out so we could, you know, be prepared for season two. But anyways, it is what it is. Before we dive in today's to today's episode, be sure to follow us all across social media at Media Buffet Pod. And and you can find us on TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And feel free to write into the show to at our email at MediaBuffetPod at gmail.com. You know, please tell us how much you hate us or if you hate my voice or these introductions that I like doing to throw Kindle off. But. Or if you hate these nuts on your chin. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't towards me. That was directed to the listeners. The audience. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you forgot there was actually a new social media platform to drop last night. Oh, Threads. At least last week. Yeah. Threads. So, These threads. I'm pretty oh, sure everything carries over. So, I mean, that what the handle would still be the same. But, yeah. Follow us on threads as well, man. Shit. I, I haven't <laughs> checked it out, though. Isn't it like a Twitter for Instagram? Twitter for Instagram. What do you I did you see what uh the Zuck Zucky Zuck tweet yes, his first his name on his first the one Zuck. was well, it's not the Zuck but it's Zuck his yeah. first thread was the Spider Man meme <laughs> he's a he's a bot yo he's I don't I don't like Zuckerberg but man that's that's awesome that his first thread was just like making fun of Twitter too so it's like <laughs> oh my god yeah. Uh, anyways as i said we're gonna be talking about the bear season one and this is gonna not be like episode by episode but it's gonna be like our season one review and thoughts as a whole so this is your spoiler warning so you know if you've not seen it get out the kitchen you know yeah five four three two one get out uh, there's gonna uh, be some uh, cooking jokes. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna crack anything. You know, that's a whole. That's just eggs, right? Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and dive in today's to today's episode. I'm gonna read a synopsis provided by Miss Google here, and she's gonna tell you what the show's about. You know, just refresh your memory if you don't remember. But you all should, because this is peak TV, okay? All right. A young chef from the fine dining world comes home to Chicago to run his family sandwich shop after a heartbreaking death in his family. A world away from what he's used to, Carmi must balance the soul-crushing realities to small business ownership. His strong... <laughs> I feel like I'm in high school reading or something. <laughs> Who wants to read? Uh, his... <laughs> His strong-willed and reluctant kitchen staff and his uh, strained family, all while grappling, grap. I can't. <laughs> now look, I'm gonna just say this, man. This, 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 uh, this is a result of the the accident for sure, because he didn't read like this in high school. Yeah, you know, I. He's picking the other kids to read. He was all right reading. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Yeah, for people who don't know, I had an accident. It fucked with my brain, so. 
my eyes can't focus on one line at a time while reading. Um, so I should have like Kindle to this, but anyways, I could just tell you, Carmi comes home from like fine dining world class, you know, and he has to deal with uh, the death in his family, which we said spoilers. So it's his brother, Michael committed suicide and he left Carmi this sandwich shop, the original beef, and he has to take it over and he tries to turn it around, but he hits some bumps in the road with the staff and his family and his family that he calls family. So basically, uh, the first season shows us Carmi trying his best to make it, make it right. <laughs> yeah. Make it right. Make it, right. it up. <laughs> Yo, I'm struggling today, but, um, yeah, and he has help along the way with some characters that were introduced with, with Sydney being the main one, you know. Um, hate her, toxic character. Love her. Great actress, great actress, but I hate her fucking character. That's how you know she's a great actress, because I can't stand her every time she's on screen. I gag, but I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she's the best. Okay, sure, sure, sir. But uh, I, I guess what we could do first is dive into the characters that we meet. What you think? That sounds good. So, as I said, the main character is Carmi, who inherits his brother's um, restaurant, the original beef, after he committed suicide. So, Carmi, and then we meet his cousin, which isn't really his cousin, but Richie. Yep. Crazy. Then uh, Michael is his brother that killed himself. And then Sydney, as I said, and uh, Sugar is his sister or Natalie. Marcus, yeah. the baker. Marcus, I love Marcus. Um, Tina, hard-headed lover. Yeah. Pete, I love Pete, bro. A lot of people don't like Pete. Cause, or they hate Pete in the show. You remember oh, Pete? Okay. I mean, why though? Pete is Sugar's uh, husband, and he's just like, a... yeah, but he, I know, but he has good intentions. He's he's a little nerdy, and you know, he don't fit in with them. Like they're they all got tattoos and smoke, and like you know, I shit mean, like that. As long as you're not <laughs> intentionally fucking with people, I, I don't know why people. Anyway, yeah, Pete's cool. Yeah, I love Pete. Uh, then we meet Ibrahim, who is a yep. chef as well. Sweeps. Uh, we don't really. He doesn't really get time to shine on the show. You know, he's barely on the shit. Well, not in season one, right? Season one and two, we don't really get anything with him. Like, we kind of don't know what he does. Like, sometimes we see him. He's in, in the front taking orders, pretty much. Like, Squidward. Yeah. But sometimes he's fixing stuff with a uh, Fack. We get to meet Fack. Yeah. Love Fack. And then uh, I guess the last a major player would be player. What the fuck, Uncle Jimmy, which uh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. So I, what do you think about these characters? How do you feel about Richie? Uh, you know, again, this is post season two's release, so I've already seen it. I've already like watched it and stuff yeah. like that. But season one, I'm just gonna stick to season one. Um. I didn't like his initial character. He was like, you know, kind of fighting Carmi, at least very early on. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm your cousin. Again, it's, they're not even really related, but I'm your cousin. And, uh, you know, I want to do my best to help you out around here. But he was like so stubborn and stuck in his old ways. It was literally like, you know, halting the progress that he was trying to, you know, do in the mm -hmm. restaurant. But like 
even later in the season, you know, I was like, you know what? My opinion changed because I was like, you know, yeah, you're stubborn. But that's only because it's like pretty much the last thing, you know, Mike, Mikey has like in this world. Because, again, he's he's dead. Every, like it's I want to say it's a fresh death. I want to say what it was like. A, it's only been a year. Yeah, and, if uh, that. you know, so everybody's like still, you know, kind of coming to grips with it. And this guy, like I said, or like Fletcher said, um, Carmi was a world renowned chef, so he was out and about. But Richie was like in there in the, the shop with him the entire time. He knew he was on drugs. I mean, that's kind of a slight spoiler, but you know, that led to that was one of the reasons he killed himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was on drugs, uh, so he was like just there living. So it's like that kind of fucked with him. And then here comes Carmi trying to mess up and change this, uh, you know, this family staple. Because, again, the restaurant was like a family. Uh, it was a family business, but it was also like an heirloom because the father bought it a long time ago. He died. Uh, I guess it went to Mike first because he might he might have been the oldest. Yeah, I think he's the oldest. So it went to Mike. Uh, Mike took it over. And then, you know, Mike obviously died. That's literally how we opened the show. And it it didn't necessarily go to Carmi. I mean, obviously, Mike left it to Carmi, but like. I think he was hesitant to get it at first, but then he just moved back home and, you know, started taking it over and stuff like that. So before uh, Carmi went off to become like a world renowned chef, he wanted to work at the original beef with his brother. But Mike was hesitant from the beginning to let him work there. I don't know if he was trying to protect him and he thought, you know, he's better than this or what. We kind of got a glimpse of it in season two, but we won't jump into it. But um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely some things that relate like we see defined like if you've seen season two i highly recommend going back to see season one because you get to really see stuff flourish but yeah from the jump richie is giving carmy the hardest time because carmy you know he's used to a different order work order and he wants to come in and clean up the place but you know to richie um it's perfect the way it is because it was mike's place and you know Richie's really defensive for it, and he's like, if you're change, you're gonna change this, you know, you're kind of getting rid of Mike in a sense. You know, he loves the restaurant as it is because it's a part of Mike or Mikey. You know, Mikey was his best friend and his basically like brother. That's why they called him cousin. You know, they were just so close like that. So he he's really defensive of the restaurant as it is, and he doesn't want Carmi coming in with his new ideas. You know, as he says and. He gives him all kinds of flack from the jump and he's like making him his little bitch like the whole first episode, bro. And, um, you know, he's like, basically, if you change this, you're getting rid of Mikey, like what's left of him. Um, But as Kendall was saying, at first, you know, Richie is someone we're supposed to not like. And he's kind of like the um, like the antagonist of the story in a way, because um. He stops Carmi from doing everything, you know, and he's always getting in his way or fucking up the restaurant. But, you know, as the show progresses, we get to see uh, this really great character. And that that's what the best characters do is they start somewhere and have growth, you know. So I really love Richie. And just also to tack on the, uh, like, Richie's character. It also doesn't help. The fact also, uh, I want to say this too. Uh, again, uh, we all lived through COVID when it happened. Uh, so I just want to say that Code is actually an active character in this show, too, because like uh, obviously it takes place in Chicago. But uh, because of these small businesses around the neighborhood and everything, COVID really took an impact on them. So while this is happening, you know, Mike's, uh, you know, basically spiral and then his eventual death, uh, COVID is also happening. So across the street and everything, all these small, uh, you know, shops that have been there for a long time are also closing because they couldn't keep up with the demands uh, of COVID. 
so Richie's watching this and he's just like, oh, all these old shops, all these places, uh, you know, I used to visit when I was a kid are going out of business. And then here you come in here, you and Sydney pretty much tag team and trying to turn this place into something different. This is the last pretty much not landmark, but um, yeah, I think know, old yeah. spot on the block. You know I think he does use that phrase, actually. I, I honestly can't remember, but I want to say it's like landmark or just like not tourist attraction either. But anyway, it was like the last staple. Uh, has, yeah, staple. Yeah. The last staple on the block. And uh, he, obviously he's it's not necessarily that he's fighting change. It's just like this means that like him and in, like I'm pretty sure he represents a large a group of people, too. So like to them. You know, you take this shop or you change the name of this shop and like that's it. That's yeah. all they had. So, yeah, he's definitely like the people's champ, you know, and he uh represents for Tina and Ibrahim and the people that's been there the longest. But you know, he as he says, like um Carmi, he's like, You've been here three weeks and we've had money problem for three weeks. So he's like panicking they're gonna close down and you know, we yeah. a a big plot point we find out is that Richie uh kept them open through COVID by selling Coke in the alleyway. So, which, you know, kind of fucks up Carmi because his brother, you know, was a druggie. And I don't know if he killed himself by, like, overdosing or what. We I don't think we ever find out how Mikey uh, killed himself, did we? Or was it a gunshot? I think he did say it. Yeah, I think he said gunshot. Remember that little sarcastic episode at the end of, I want to say it's the end of the last episode. It opens up. He's on the fake TV show. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. I just watched it, too. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But, you know, it's kind of messes with him because he's seen his brother get lost due to drugs and which we get to see more in season two, which, uh, you know, we'll break down eventually. But, um, you know, for Carmen to hear Richie's doing this, you know, he, he immediately stops him from selling coke. And he's like, if, you know, uh, basically we die, we die. You know, the restaurant will close. I don't want you selling coke. But, you know, immediately after uh everything in this fucking restaurant is going to shit and it's yeah. like everything's getting destroyed the toilets fucking exploding on carmy the uh mixers are breaking the compressor breaks and they need like i forget what like $2600 so immediately like carmy uh doubles back and he's like hey richie cuz you <laughs> so coke yeah but he you know he makes some promise he's like you do it this one time and one time only and then you're through but, you know, I feel like if they kept felling, he would have been still selling. <laughs> I don't know. But I was honestly worried. I thought they were going to end the season with Richie getting locked up, like, for real. Because he did go. He was detained. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, like, knocking out. Didn't yeah, he so the, I think the, yeah, the last episode. They're, see, they're struggling making money with their business. So they have to do all this bullshit stuff, uh, which a bachelor party and a birthday party. But they do, they cater the bachelor party and they're fucking up the restaurant, the bachelors. And Richie goes in there, you know, tough guy and knocks the dude out, but he hits him and his head just smashes the corner. So we thought he was getting arrested for manslaughter, but luckily the dude yeah. woke up, you know, cause man, but that's when we get like a really good, um, a good point with Richie. Cause we get to see his ego go down a little bit and he has a heart to heart with Carmi. Because uh, even through all that, Carmi stuck with him and stayed the night in the prison with him to, you know, make sure he's jail. jail. Yeah. Make <laughs> make sure that he's OK. And then Richie's like, you know, you're all that I have, cousin. I love you. and Stuff like that. So. I mean, yeah, we're still speaking on Richie. So that's like 
it's great to see that growth. And like I said, in season two, there's even more growth. And overall, man, I, I really love Richie's character. And um, But jumping back to the restaurant, like how it's just complete chaos, it's um completely different from what Carmi knows because he's used to structure in like a working order line of command, a chain of command. And it right. goes smoothly every time. And it's it's quiet, but... The, you know, the juxtaposition, they do flashbacks of Carmi working in the NYC restaurant as a CDC and um, uh, chef de cuisine. That's what it is. Underneath, uh, what's his face from Community? Joe McHale. Yeah. Uh, and he's the head chef. And, you know, the restaurant is perfect and it's in order. And he's abusive, but we'll jump into that. But um then it jumps back to the original beef and there's like eggs all over the ground. There's everybody cussing at each other. So, you know, it's, it's like Carmi's trying to balance and figure out how to work it, you know? Yeah. And I guess what do you, we could talk about Carmi, I guess, since he's the main character. What do you, yeah. uh, how do you like Carmi? Uh, he's all right. Uh, I want to say more towards his actor and not the character though. Like, this is, I know he was in Shameless and stuff like that, but I don't watch that show. This is like my first introduction to the man. Same. Man. Uh, but like, he's really phenomenal. Uh, and again, I'm saying this because I have the benefit of, of having watched season two as well and seeing the growth from season one to two. But like, just like, he is really selling me on one, the, the trauma, uh, you know, the alcohol abuse in the family, stress, and just, just like running a business and stuff like that. Because he's like, He's very methodical, like, excuse me. Yeah, that's a word. Methodical, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me just say, he's very meticulous. There you go. Uh, there's a lot of stress going on. He's handling that. And then it's just like, he has these, like, hallucinations and flashbacks and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it, like, deters him from doing a task. Like, he almost burned his apartment down because uh, he's having flashbacks from the restaurant or just other shits going on. And he's, like, you know, having trouble sleeping and stuff like that. Um and then again, the episode where it's like the satirical uh, cooking TV show, like again, he really sold me on that. And then um, I get just like his acting chops, pretty much. Like again, this was like my first thing, so maybe in Shameless he was like better, or he already had showed like his skills. But like, it's, like I said, this was my first introduction to the man, uh, and he's just really selling me on this character. It was just like this, not hardened, but this you know, very skilled chef that's used to this system having to come down to his family, you know, deal with one of death two, just like the, the chain of power, one, not being there and two, just being a mess. Cause people are actively trying to fight you. And then just like post COVID, you know, like trying to, it's a sound like sales is already hard enough, but a restaurant where people are like giving you orders and then online orders on top of that. So just seeing all that come together and just like, basically him falling apart pretty much every episode or just barely being able to keep up. Yeah. He's, he's great. Yeah. This show is anxiety and stress fueled, bro. It's so intense, but, uh, Jeremy Allen white is the actor that plays, uh, Carmi. I've, this is my first introduction to him as well. Um, my wife watches shameless and she said that he's really good in that too, but he's, he's won all kinds of awards for this already for, uh, they actually categorize this show as a comedy, which I don't really agree with. I mean, it's funny as fuck. Don't get me wrong. It's drama and comedy, but he won it for best lead actor in a comedy series, you know? 
Well, maybe they're going by the old Greek term comedy because, you know, them shits used to be fucked up, too. Yeah, I mean, like you said, satirical and tragic, that kind of shit. But I, I love his character so much, man. And he's such a great lead to uh, Carmi. Such like a closed off character is what I would say, because we don't yeah. we don't see him be personal with anybody. We don't see like things about himself. We just see this one obsession that he has, you know. And he's such a closed off person, I feel like, because of all the trauma that he endures. And it's like he lives for the trauma. You know, he doesn't know any other way to live almost because, you know, when we get flashbacks of him working in the kitchen as a CDC under the chef in uh, New York City, the the dude is just so abusive and such an asshole for no reason. You know, and Carmi just yeah. takes it. Uh, he, he literally tells himself. He, the chef tells him, you're um, worthless. You should be dead. Why are you doing this? You're a piece of shit, that kind of stuff. And, you know, Carmi said that uh, every day when he worked in New York, he would throw up before or like after his shift. And, you know, he's sleepless. He has night terrors. He night uh, sleepwalks and catches shit on fire. It's just he almost like he has PTSD in a way. You know, it's like he can't um, function outside of a kitchen is what they kind of make it seem to be, you know? And yeah, we get more info in season two about uh, family trauma as well. Uh, yeah, we do. But um, damn, that shit's crazy. But yeah, we, we hear alcoholism and, you know, of course, his brother's um, abuse of drugs. So and even his cousin, Richie, it's like he takes so much verbal abuse from like everybody, you know, so it's like. I, I don't know if that's verbal abuse or, and I don't want to stereotype. Now, I'm, I'm, I may sound bad. When <laughs> Chicago. I say no, every time I see like Italian households, it's like they're so close because a family is like a big part of their, you know, their culture and stuff like that. But um, they're so close that you know they can fuck with each other like that. And you know, at the end of the day, you fuck with one of them, you're fucking with all of them, pretty much. Like, and again, I'm stereotyping based off of like other media. I see like Sopranos stuff like that. Just like. No, like, so I don't know if this is true or not, but like every time I've seen an Italian family like that, they're like, again, you they can fuck with each other like that, but you can't fuck with them, or you're mm. you're dealing with all of them pretty much. So it's not like he's being abusive per se. He is saying some hurtful things, but it's stuff he needed to hear. It was like the tough love type of shit. Yeah, I agree to some extent. Like some of it, yeah, it's definitely just their relationship, which um, you see a lot in the show. And, you know, at the end of the day, they still take a smoke break and love each other and stuff like that. But, you know, some of it to an extent is just like it's hurtful on purpose because, you know, he'll be like, you're fucking this all up. And he's like, you're going to get in there and do this right now, you little bitch. You know, <laughs> he's like, it's hurtful to an extent. But most of the time it's with love and a uh, camaraderie like we get to see later uh sydney tries to do this shit to richie but it's different when she does it because she straight up attacks richie with hurtful words and uses stuff of his personal life you know so i get what you're saying in that aspect but yeah it's like all carmy knows it's what he was raised with and um, she took it a little too far yeah bro <laughs> see that's why i don't fucking i don't like and my Sydney. thing is if if it's the episode, I think six is uh, episode six. You talking about? Uh, it's the review episode, episode seven. E okay, yeah. So when I don't all think the chaos. Yeah, I don't think she was joking. I no, she's not. <laughs> see, it's Sydney, man. I just don't like. See, at first we meet her, and I really like her character. She's got some really great ideas, and she's 
wide-eyed and has some really bright ideas, you know. But she's just one thing about fucking Sydney is she's so pushy. Like she don't know when to take the moment, like when her moment is. She just takes it no matter how chaotic it is, and she keeps pushing Carmi the whole season. And you know, season uh, episode seven, we get to see the <laughs> blow up of that. But well, explain, explain the episode. No, just explain her pushiness. Okay, I, so I just... from the jump, like she comes on board to, um, she. Man, I'm struggling with my words. She's a sous chef, and she was only yeah, yeah. supposed to work. I think a week. She was basically just studying under Carmi. Yeah, at first. she was sodging, is what they call it. So she was making like the family. <laughs> The family meals, which is a family meal is what they feed the staff before they open the restaurant for the day. So she was kind of in charge of that for, I think, a week or two, but she was doing yeah. more. But then off the jump, she came in, which was good, um, you know, on her part. She came in with a huge uh, folder and was kind of just giving it to Carmi and telling him all the stuff that could help them with the cost of the restaurant and pay for her salary, which was good. But time and place, again, the whole fucking season okay so the main thing she was pushing on carmy was to go orders to go to go and he finally caved and gave her a little respect in um the uh penultimate episode which is called review and he opens up to go orders for her and she fucks it all up bro she um she opened it and he let her do her thing you know he gave her uh her benefit of the doubt Cause you know, she has these great ideas, but she don't come through. So she finally gets her opportunity and she opens up to go orders like pre-orders like the night before. So as soon as they turn on the machine and open the restaurant, it's like a thousand orders to go, bro. And then the machine just, and she finally had her chance, you know, and she ruined it. And that's not against her character because like as a person we're gonna do that we're gonna fall short constantly but what was fucked up about this situation was she pushed and pushed for it and when it got too much for her she just left you know she let it get uh the best of her and she started spewing out hatred for no reason because carmy was onto her as he he needed to be you know carmy was a little too harsh to her yes but he's like that with everybody and that's all he knows, so he spews it back out when he can. Um, but she she attacks Richie for no reason. Like, they get into a little spew, and she starts fucking going insane and talking about his personal life and saying, you're worthless, you don't do anything. You know, and it really gets to Richie. We can see him get sad. And then she fucking stabs him on accident. I'm about to say, you got to but okay this is why i don't like her characters because when it gets hard she just leaves she just left him to deal with the mess that she made like this was the worst we've seen this whole episode was so stressful and uh i talked about it before but this whole episode was a one shot take uh so there's no cuts in the camera it's like a 20 minute episode uh minus the beginning with some um cuts and stuff but the main Part of the episode was just a one shot. So they had the camera just one time and didn't cut at all. So it's, it's insane that they pulled that off. But um, yeah, to see Sydney just up and run when it gets hard, you know, for a situation that she created and she couldn't take 
uh, accountability for it, you know, was really shitty. And she just fucking left Carmi and everybody to deal with it, you know? Okay, well, I'm, uh, now I'm going to give my what I, what I got. So, one, because I don't think she's in the wrong here. <laughs> uh, she did some, she, she might have had a fuck up, but she didn't do anything wrong. Because, look, day one, she did come up with the binder saying, hey, because, again, let, let's also give some background on her. She did own a small business during COVID and stuff like that. I don't know if she had a brick and mortar business or if it was strictly just like orders and like to go. Cause I think it was, um, strictly orders. It was like out of her garage, garage. she did a catering yeah. business. Yeah. But you know, catering, like again, that's mm-hmm. just like somebody orders it, you go to them, deliver it pretty much, or you work there pretty much. So again, there was no need for a brick and mortar, but um, so she's used to these online orders cause again, COVID online orders and stuff like that. So that's like the main idea she brought to the, or that in the budget, because again, she ran a business, and here's Carmi coming in. She because she knew his background. She mm-hmm. damn near stalking him. Let's be honest. She was She's damn near a super. The only reason fan. she worked at yeah, the only reason she worked at that restaurant is because she heard Carmi was coming back. Mm-hmm. And again, he's a world renowned chef and that worked at the best uh, Michelin star restaurants. Yeah. So she, I, I like that's stalking. She clearly knew what she was doing. She picked the most opportune time to come work for them. So she just came and she's like, okay, well, I know your brother ran this restaurant. Cause she ate there too. Uh, let's you know, let's not forget that. So she knew the restaurant was not failing, but like everything was out yeah, of order. She said it was her dad's favorite place to eat. Yeah. So like, I mean, she knew of the restaurant. And she knew of Carmi. So she was like, "Yeah, you're probably gonna need help with this." So bringing budgeting papers and stuff like that, just because again, she knows what she's talking about. I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. And the to-go orders, not necessarily a bad idea. Where it went wrong. Carmi gave her too much responsibility at once. And she was even like hesitant, hesitant to like take it up. She was like, yeah, I don't think I need to be in charge of these guys right now. Like I know it'll alleviate some of the stress you have, but they one, they don't listen to me Two, I'm a newbie here. I don't, you know, same as you, I just got here. Uh, I don't know where everything's at. I don't know if I can run this place. I don't know what like the people, as far as like the customers want, I'm trained into doing like, you know, like you, I, I'm trained in doing like these restaurant things. This is a sandwich shop. So I think what happened is like the like you can see it. I want to say that was from episode two onward. Uh, her stress also builds up like that. Like it's just how much are you willing to put up with? Uh, Richie was fucking with her because again he's like, oh you're 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 getting into Carmi's head. You're trying to change this restaurant. And then I think it really peaked with Richie uh, when he when she handed Sydney handled a situation outside. I don't want to say they're mobsters. But they were clearly up to no good, and they said they had guns on them. She handled the situation differently than uh, Richie would have handled it, and as such, she's like, "Oh yeah, this this street's changing. This this isn't well, you know what I would have handled it like." But like, it got the situation got handled, and he just didn't in like he didn't like the end result, and I think he ended up calling the cops later anyway. I like that moment because uh, uh, we see chaos going outside of the restaurant, and Sydney immediately runs out with uh. Uh, she goes to talk to him and settle them down, and she resolves it with sandwiches. She agrees to give them sandwiches, I think, every day for a certain amount of time if they stay off of their corner. I think it was once a week. Yeah. So, yeah, they were early like, to be losing business. Just like you guys, don't tell your friends. And, you know, then we see Richie, as she's grabbing the sandwiches, we see this great shot of Richie going to get his gun. But it's always solved. It's already solved with food instead of, you know, violence. But. Yeah, I agree. No, she had great ideas. That's what I'm saying. And her intentions were great. But the whole time she was riding car, <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> she was pushing Carmi to give her more, more responsibility. She says, I want to do more. And she wants I that think- sous chef position. But 
she falls flat on her execution. You know, she thinks she could do well, hold it. On, hold on, hold on. Because the more it was just, she wanted to add to the to the uh, the menu. She wanted to add to the menu, and that whole thing kind of her and Marcus were working on adding something to the menu. Marcus was doing desserts and donuts. But again, I think he was just only making bread and cakes. He wanted to expand. And I mentioned Marcus because this also leads up into that, what, the seventh episode was uh, the one-shot scene? or was Yeah, that- yeah, the penultimate. It was uh, so, yeah. seven. So it leads up to the seventh episode. Like, that's just another factor in the episode. That's why I mentioned it. So she wanted to add to the menu, and she made the mistake because, again, it was an honest mistake. It's just like you don't want to waste food. She had made no, one of her no, menu no, items. No, no. Had Carmi, uh, she had Carmi tasting. She's like, oh, yeah, it's good. No, he said fantastic or terrific or something at first. And then uh, she's like, okay, let's add to the menu. It's done. She's like, I said it was this. It's not perfect, though. And again, c- coming from Carmi's background, it does need to be perfect for the uh, the audience and the, the people that are tasting the food. Because, again, he's trying to change the restaurant. It's not always going to be a sandwich shop. And you could tell that early on he was wanting to change it to this high, you know, society fine dining experience for everybody. So, again, they're both trying to come up with new menu items. And they, I think they end up do coming up with, like, three items. But anyway, it wasn't ready. But since he only took, like, a bite out of it, I think she just handed it to some random guy. To her, it was a random guy. She didn't know. Uh, she handed it to some random guy out there. And this guy happened to be a reviewer and a critic. Yeah. Uh, and he actually has notoriety. Yeah, famous um, food critic. And he Man. puts it in a, a newspaper. And it's also adds fuel to Richie's fire because, like, look – First, it was instant outside. It was the mm-hmm. menu. And now you're adding, uh, not not the menu, because this would be the menu instant. Uh, but, you know, you're trying to change the budget and stuff like that. You're trying to really change this restaurant. Look how she's got you, Carmi. And I think he, Richie just caught Carmi on a good day because he's like, hold up. Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> you are changing too much shit. Stop that. Look, you, you're a little, because uh, like he got really like brutal too that uh, episode. <laughs> Look, your menu item was great and all, but I didn't tell you to make that. But like again, she had no way of knowing like that that, uh, that that guy was a reviewer. She had no way of knowing, but like at her, like she took that as like, oh wow, a reviewer, a world well, not a world class critic, but this noter uh he's well known, yeah. like my uh he liked my dish. I think it's good enough to serve. That's how she looked at it. No. But like everybody was taking it the wrong way. That added fuel to Carmi's fire, like because he was like he was iffy. But this like put him on the the fence. He was like, "Yeah, uh, you're you're pissing me off." So what we're gonna do since you, you since you want to do stuff, this is when he said, "Yeah, we're gonna do the uh, to go orders." And she did fuck that up. I, that's the only fault I will give her. She fucked up the to go orders by not turning it off because like obviously when you do to go orders and stuff like that, you want to have it from a certain window. Otherwise, you're gonna be getting orders all day. And this being a sandwich shop, a walk in sandwich shop, mm-hmm. you have orders that are coming in as well so you have like two orders and then on top of that one because they're like low funds they didn't have enough you know food to go around to like do both sides pretty much Two, uh the staff that day because this is the seventh episode marcus was fucking around on desserts he finally did perfect his donut he did i'll give him credit for that but he did it at the wrong time and i think uh he didn't learn a lesson because one time he did the, the bread too late and he ended up like shorting the, the circuits and everything. And then another time, I think what? That might have been the same incident. Yeah, it was the same incident. So they ended up that, that day when he shorts, uh, shorted the circuits, he literally was just so depressed. And I guess because he's only doing bread and you kind of need an oven to do that. You can't do that outside over a fire. But like he didn't work that day pretty much. He was just outside just moping around. Uh, so it was like a lot of shit going on. So like none of the, uh, I think Tina had turned around by that point. Richie was trying to turn around, but he was also like in his cousin's ear telling him all this bullshit to get him started and shit like that. 
but everybody was on everybody's nerves by the by episode seven. And I think she had just finally had enough. Because, again, you got to look at it like this. She just come in wanting to help. She did. You could say she overstepped or what. But the budgeting ended up helping. Uh, I mean, that's a slight spoiler in ep- uh, season two. But, like, you could kind of see it helped in season one, too. But the budgeting helped. Two, she didn't even get the menu item on the actual menu, I don't think. So it's not like, you know, any permanent damage was done aside from the review, but you can just tell people, oh, that was, you know, that was an accident, whatever. Like, as long as the dude didn't get poisoned, I don't think it was a bad fucking thing. Three, I mean, the to-go orders, she just fucked up one day. Now, again, she picked a really bad day to fuck up. I will give you, that's what I'm saying. That's the only, like, negative I'm giving her. She picked a really bad day to fuck up. And then Richie was starting shit, walking back and forth. And now when uh, this is what Carmi was talking about, by uh, having order in the thing. When you walk by somebody or you're walking around a corner, you say behind or corner. Mm-hmm. Richie was walking around while she's preparing food. Obviously, she needs a knife. He didn't say corner. Nobody said, well, I don't think she said corner. Either. No, anyway. she was like directly behind him and he was just backing up. But she had the knife out because she was before that. She well, was threatening him trade- with it. But she was goofing around. No, she was like... When you do hold a tray, though, you... you, I guess out of self-preservation, you wouldn't put the knife facing towards you when you carry it. Because, like, when you put the tray down, you're going to, you know, do this. So, it it, it needs to be out. Either way, there should have been call-outs. And because everybody was stressed that episode, nobody was doing anything. At least Richie and Sydney weren't. No, yeah. Um, I mean, it's still on her to me. And that's how he got stabbed. You don't walk around with a knife like that. Hold it out like that. You know, he was just backing up. But it's on a tray is what I'm saying. You're holding a tray with food on it. You need to like carry it like this. It's not a one of these situations. Yeah, yeah. It's not sanitary. You just can't <laughs> with a tray of food. No, and you know, I like what Sydney's doing at certain aspects, but she's overstepping a lot. So so Carmi's trying to make this a respectful business and she's trying to help with that too. But the thing with the food critic is she she went behind his back. See, Carmi is the head chef. You listen to him. There's a chain of command that he's trying to do. And they had this conversation the whole time. She's the Sue and he's the head. And he tastes it and says, oh, that's that's fire, chef. And then he says, and she jumps the gun. She's immediately trying to roll it out on the menu. And he's like, I didn't say it was perfect. You know, (laughs) this is his restaurant ultimately. And he's got the final say. And she kind of you know, takes his trust and, you know, shits on it a little bit. She goes out and hands it to this food critic, which actually turned out to be a great thing. So some of the things she does is shitty, but it turns out to be great because the food critic wrote a raving review and said that, you know, uh, the original beef has got a new flavor and it's back on instead of the old dried out sandwiches. Finally, it worked out in her benefit, but it could have been really bad. It's not that though. It's not that it was a good thing. It's just that she took his trust and uh, went behind his back and crossed him when he's got the final say and says it's not perfect, you know. And she can't handle the heat. She gets out of the kitchen literally. Like <laughs> she's she does. He gives her the benefit of the doubt and gives her what she wants and gives her more to do because she wants to do more. The whole show, she's just trying to do more. And um, she finally gets the opportunity and blows it. Like I said, that's not against her as a human. We're going to do that. Uh, It's natural. But the fact that she starts uh, spewing at Richie and everybody else and she's just cursing and she just she just leaves. She can't handle it, bro. So (laughs) Carmi's just losing the shit because they don't have enough food or money. 
and he's like fire everything fire everything you know this whole episode carmy's just on a rampage cussing and yelling and amazing episode one of the best episodes of tv i've ever seen but yeah i don't like what she did um so like i like what it it did i don't like what she did but i like what it caused it caused a bur- you know what i'm saying so I get it, but now me, I'm like, how can you hate her? Like, let me explain. It'd be one thing if, the, if it was intentional, but she literally, he was the only one sitting out there. Like, you don't want to waste food. Yeah, but she left him high and dry, bro. And like you said, everybody was leaving. So he was just doing everything himself. And, you know, he was going against his beliefs and being sloppy and just shoving shit in. But I'm saying I don't like her as a character for what she did, but I liked what her action caused. The domino effect of her action that makes no sense yes, to it me does. like <laughs> no no you can hate so like you can hate what um happened but you could like the after events like you can hate the character like say like in game of thrones this character was beheaded i hate the person that um beheaded the guy but then i like the chain of events that happened after like a new king grows up this happened this happened so you could like the events that happen afterwards but like i'm saying i don't like the character for what she did like if i worked with this person i would never want to work with them again you know <laughs> she's so bossy and shit but what I, let me explain so her event that happened canon event <laughs> i knew you were gonna do it <laughs> nah, so, so her fucking up and leaving uh caused carmy to rethink everything so this is what i, I like I like the event that happens after. So it broke the abuse chain. You know, Carmi only knows abuse, verbal abuse, and he spews it out, hatred. Like he destroyed Marcus's donut, which broke my heart. We'll get into Marcus in a minute. But um, he does that, and he's just yelling at Sydney. And I don't agree with everything he's saying, but a lot of it's on her. But I like that, that what she did just leaving made Carmi think and uh, change how they act towards each other which we can see in season two they have a lot more uh respect for each other and you know it was because of this event right here carmy really thinks about what he does and then on the final episode we get to see everybody make amends and whatnot because of this event you know what i'm saying it makes carmy take a step back and take charge and think how he wants to lead i just don't understand how you can blame that on the character again i could see if it was intentional but it wasn't <laughs> no, no that's what i said i even i don't blame though because like think if you were in that situation somebody puts you in a position where you have to basically run basically run the shop pretty much let's be honest here it's a new place for you these people already don't like you and they're not listening the, the restaurant is failing so every mistake leads could lead to a closure that's a lot of stress one you've had your uh small business closed so you're not trying to make any mistakes you're just trying to improve and learn from your own mistakes and then everything's thrust on you. And again, it was already a hectic day. And one person is fucking with you. Richie, that would be richiness. One person keeps continuously fucking with you because they're afraid of change. And it's, again, this has been what? I think uh, season one takes place in what? The span of maybe three, four months? Right? Yeah, so, yeah, I would say so. So again, this isn't just a daily thing. This isn't just a weekly thing. This has been going on for months. They keep fucking with you. How much for your mental health are you willing to put up with? I don't blame her for leaving. Marcus kind of didn't have the right to leave because he was being like real stubborn and shit like that. And we'll get, like he said, we'll get into Marcus like right after this. But like Marcus 
I kind of – I could see people hating him. But, again, he came back. Nah, I think see, he was going to quit. See, I would rather Marcus leave. Like, I understand that more so. Yeah. See, see, Sydney, like, like, yeah, she's getting verbal abuse. That's what I'm saying. She broke the a chain of abuse, you know, and it, it, whatever. But I'm saying, like, she took all this from Richie, and then she took it from Carmi at the end, but she didn't. She left. But it was on her. That's what I'm saying. Carmi didn't, like, he was still helping run the kitchen. He took over the station for her because she fucked it up. And, you know, he was just letting it go because he was – still cooking and they were just cooking and cooking but then she just left <laughs> you she asked I'm for s- this and he gave her the chance and then she couldn't yeah, handle all it. she asked was a menu item and to goes and again she did fuck up but that was an accident did you not see how happy she was though that her he was letting her do her ideas finally that's what she wanted yeah, one idea but again you're like richie she was not trying to take over she just no. wanted to add one thing. I didn't say that. Because again, they need they need money, so the to go orders is a good idea to get other money. Because if you can't want, because before like like let's take this before the review, because that obviously brought more people in. But before the review, mm-hmm. they were failing. They needed money. One and then, and then two, they're like what three hundred grand in debt. So even if they made money, they weren't breaking even. No, that's why. So what we what are you gonna do to get more money in? Because ball breakers wasn't working. That was just enough to keep making. <laughs> that did work at first. Well, for maintenance, because yeah. they, they ended up spending that on the breaker, I think. But, yeah, uh, mixer. Like, so, throw me some ideas how you would get some more money. No, you're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm saying she had great ideas, and they would have worked if she executed them. And I'm not saying it's her fault. I said she had great ideas from the jump. I said she was just too pushy with them. And, yes, the to-go order was the best thing, but she fucked up and left the pre-orders on. I said all that. I got past that. I said, that's not her fault. I said, it happens. I said what was her fault was leaving. When it got too hot in the kitchen, she left. I get that, but I'm telling what built up to leaving. Like like I'm saying, all that aside, uh, let's put another situation. Okay, yeah, let's simplest situation here. I'm stabbing you with a stick for months on end. Are you just going <laughs> to stay there and take it, or are you just going to leave? No, but if she really – it's not the same, though. She she wants this life. She asked for it. She wants to be the sous chef. She wants to be under Carmi, learning from him. You know, and it's just – she – I she fucked up, okay? <laughs> just admit it. She left at the worst – I did admit it. She did, but like I'm saying, it was a buildup. It wasn't just, oh, I fucked up today. I'm just going to take the day off. Is that cool with you? It was more of just like when she was put in a position, she really, she, she was so adamant that whole episode. I think she only accepted it. I want to say that was episode two again. I, I can't remember, but the whole episode, she was like, I really don't want to do this. I don't think I'm fit. And then even that episode, he left the whole day. At what? I think either he, he either did that party or he went to that uh, AA meeting. Yeah, he had to do that. Was the birthday party he had to go to? Okay, but uh, she, he left the whole day and left her uh, with the you know the old people in the restaurant that did not like her. She was like, "Yeah, even after today, I don't think I can handle this." But he's like, "Yeah, you, you can do it. You can keep doing it. I, I done it. You can do it." She did so it. It's though. like she did, but I'm saying that it wasn't like this perfect system. It was fucking with it. like that. Well, I'm saying that's them stabbing her daily. No, I get that, and she. And she he was trying to make a perfect system, and she wanted this responsibility, and he believed that she could do it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He believed in her that if he could do it, she could do it because he's seen greatness within her, and it did work. So the old heads, <laughs> Tina, Tina mostly was against Sydney. 
Tina was against Sydney from the jump. She's like, this bitch is coming in and already running things, you know, to her benefit. And um, that episode right there where she was in charge of Tina and the whole crew for the whole day doing the call outs and running the kitchen made Tina respect her. And at the end, she called her chef, actually chef. She tried to, she called her Jeff at first and she said, chef. You know, and she made her respect her because she's seen that Sydney just loves to cook and loves her craft. And that spawns, uh, spirals out to Tina loving her craft and loving what she does. And, you know, so it's like, it, Carmi didn't shit on her. You know, he's given her chances, which Sydney never got. She would never get these chances in a major, major, like, uh, kitchen, you know. So Carmi being the, this world renowned chef gives her these chances and, you know, for me, like speaking on like, um, from my term, like I love producing music. So if like I would, if I'm in a major studio, no, uh, like say Timbaland, he's not going to give me a chance to play beats or do anything. You know, he's Timbaland. I'm just me. But say I'm in a chef <laughs> in a studio with someone else that's a major uh, producer, just uh, let's say like Kenny beats or whatever. He gives me a chance to play beats. I'm going to take it. I might, uh, shit the bed, but I'm gonna take it. And that's what I think Sydney's doing is, you know, she's taking all she can from Carmi, which wouldn't you do that too? So it's not all on Carmi. I think the biggest grief, and like you said, she's getting poked from Richie because Richie, like I said, from the beginning, Everybody. mostly Richie though, because Richie is scared like of change. Like we were saying in the beginning, Richie don't want this to change because this was Mikey's restaurant and you can't change Mikey because he misses him, you know? So, but, but I think it's just mostly Richie is the thorn in her side, you know, and herself. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm in her shoes. I'd be doing the same thing. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I mean, my mental health. I don't first. know. I might too, but that's what I'm saying. She put herself in this and this is what she wants. But I said like, yeah, you got to stop the verbal abuse somewhere. And she broke that chain. So, you know, I like what it caused, but I just don't like her leaving Carmi to deal with the shit. But, uh, is it not his restaurant? It is, but it's just him at the end. You know, it's just him cooking and everybody, you know, anyways, we could talk about that forever. Marcus, Marcus. Let's get on to Marcus. <laughs> yes. So, that was a stalemate. Mar- I <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I wasn't switching. You weren't switching. So, it's I'm good not, oh. to do this because we have two perspectives. Um, anyways, Marcus, fucking love his character. This is a uh, Tyler Creator's best friend in real life, uh, Lionel. Yeah, I don't know his last name, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, Marcus, you know, at first he has doubts about Carmi too, because he comes yeah. in and he's he's like, "Don't tell me how to do my job," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then he sees how passionate Carmi is for food, and he sees his notebook that he was awarded. Uh, best chef of the year one year and i think he had the quickest turnaround too like warming up to carmy i think what oh 100 it, it, like, it was the first episode hours, right yeah the first episode like hours once he's seen his notebook and he used his tip of putting the water in the oven to uh moisten up the bread yeah. you know um he really looked up to him the whole season that's why the ending was so fucking heartbreaking because marcus yeah. it's great to see someone besides carmy or sydney just like fall in love with their craft because the whole season like we were talking like marcus falls in love with baking and he uses all these books and he creates his own um 
I forget the equipment to do the donuts. Yeah, it's like a the vacuum sealed thing. Yeah, he they can't buy it, so he makes it, and then he's perfecting this donut the whole show, and he finally does it. Like we said, at the wrong moment, he gets in Carmi's face and it's like, "Look, he's so excited though. It's <laughs> look, it's look, so man. heartbreaking." He's like, look, "Are you fucking with me, chef? Are you fucking with me?" And then you know he's mm. he said, "I think I finally perfected it." And he's like, why are you fucking with me? And he smacks the shit onto the ground. And it was so sad. Uh, it was, but it was kind of funny, too. Because <laughs> the whole day, he was getting on his ass. like, hey, I need those done. Make sure you get them. And he was being nice at first. I think he gave him two warnings. The cakes, he was like, hey, yeah. You're, we're behind. Can you get on this, please? Mm-hmm. Please. We're Because at that time, the to-go orders were still coming in. He hadn't ripped. Because, again, he ripped the to-go orders for – we forgot to say that. But he did. They still were keeping coming. And they were just having it in the background. And that added to the noise. Yeah, yeah. It was – uh, of that episode that machine uh, bro and he finally just ripped it out the wall mm-hmm. um but yeah so they were still getting noise like hey man bread or cakes bread yeah, cakes, cakes bread yeah. cakes i need it and he kept fucking with me like yeah yeah see <laughs> yeah it was it was on marcus too but uh for me it's a little different because marcus is just he's so fucking in love with this and he looks up to carmy and wants his respect but it was the wrong time because donuts aren't even on the menu like he's trying to and make I, he's trying to make a signature donut to get on the menu. But well, I think he was just trying to impress someone because it was a complicated recipe. No, that's true. But uh, he said something to Sydney. I think episode two or three, and he he wants to. Um, it's when she's doing her risotto with the yeah, short she did ribs. The cake. Yeah, he, he made a cake. He for said it. maybe he said I've been fucking around with donuts. Maybe I can make a signature one for the restaurant. But uh, he finally gets it and he goes to show dad. <laughs> Look, you know. He destroys them, and it, Marcus doesn't say anything. He just he leaves, bro. And it, it's heartbreaking. It it's heartbreaking. I, I get Carmi's perspective too, because it's like you're fucking around, and we have like a thousand to go orders, and I need these cakes that these people ordered and this the sandwiches. But you know, at the same time, you have one worker in there at this time. You know, I feel like that's truly passionate and wanting to learn from you, and you just shit on him. And, and here's the thing, yeah. though. Here's I want to say this. He wasn't mad at Marcus. No. He was really mad at the one that to go orders and two just like we're not gonna have any bread and we're a sandwich shop first and foremost. What do you need to make sandwiches? <laughs> they can't they can't operate and they were already getting orders from to go and then there was people in the shop too. I think they didn't they end up closing early or something like that because of that? I I think it cut black. I don't know if we ever got to see how that finished. It was just him like destroying the machine and Cooking everything. So, yeah, they might have worked the rest of the day. Or I, what I want to say is they closed early because they had to basically get out because he was making spaghetti for yeah. the family, uh, the friends and family at the end. But, like, he wasn't mad at him. And he was like, he, he even tasted, like, the donut off the ground. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he what, was like, yo. Once uh, Sydney leaves and Marcus leaves, it gets quiet for one minute and uh, Carmi starts thinking, you know, because Marcus already left and then Sydney left. He's like, what did I do? You know, so he went up and he tasted it and it was so fucking good that he was just mad at himself. Uh, but then chaos and, uh, resumes and he starts cooking again. But yeah, I love Marcus's character and I love what we get to see in season two. And I can't wait to talk about that too. Cause yeah, fire. We get way more. Him and Richie, I think we're like the stars. Yeah. We get season two. Oh yeah. Richie and uh, Marcus for sure. Uh, we get to see way more on Marcus. It's just great, man. Cause this character deserves it. And it's cool. 
he's he goes from like uh being a side character a little bit to like one of the main but um oh yeah definitely anything else to say on marcus uh no no yeah really. like again he was kind of like like you say it's this side character that built up to something mm-hmm. better yeah and i i love his passion you know it's great to see uh next i we should jump in and talk about tina a little bit tina is one of the chefs there too and she's been around a long time with like Ibrahim and Richie and stuff. And Tina is so hesitant at first to warm up to um, Sydney. She doesn't really have a problem with Carmi because it's uh, Mikey's brother, you know, and she loved Mikey. I, it sounds like everybody did, you know. You know, he was. I don't know. I was. I thought they were hinting at a relationship there the way the, they were saying. It might have just been like a maternal. No, I think it was like she thought of him as a son, you know. You know, everybody knew he had problems and stuff, but they loved Mikey. Um, yeah. They were worried about him. Like, Tina, there's a great scene where she's talking about Mikey and, like, you know, his end and stuff. But she yeah. she likes Carmi from the jump, really. It was just, um, except for when he uses her pot, which was funny. Yeah. But but that was just like a tit-for-tat yeah. situation. Tina is petty, though, because, like, after that, she takes his knife and hides it. You know? Yeah. And my it, thing is she put it on the floor. That's, like, come on, bro. It's a restaurant. That's dirty as hell. That was fucked, bro. <laughs> yeah. Because that, mm. that's your life. You know, that's Carmi's life right there. It's not even that. It's a dirty knife. Like, you got to cook with that. It's, yeah. It's dirty. It's on the floor. Well, let, Sweeps or whoever was cleaning up, they, they said he did do a good job because, again, he ate the donut off the ground. But still, <laughs> that's true. You got to wash it off before you use the knife. That's true. <laughs> that's rules. But yeah, it takes a long time for Tina to warm up to Sydney. Uh, Tina's actually like sabotaging shit on purpose at one point. Oh, yeah. uh, it's the episode we were talking about where Sydney like takes over while they're at the birthday party. Um, yeah. And she f- keeps fucking up, but then she fucks up on accident and can't fix it. And that's what I was yeah, saying. Yeah. She got. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then and what mashed potatoes of all things? Yeah, yeah. They did change the recipe, but like, and again, I'm probably not best person to judge this, but I feel like mashed potatoes is like an easy thing to cook. Yeah. Because I would assume. It was like a but, roux or something that goes into the mashed potatoes. Yeah. And she kept fucking that up and Sydney made her a backup one. Um, You know, in the whole episode she's just like talking shit to Sydney and like, you can't, I've been here longer and all this. But it, it she gets the respect when she finally perfects the mashed potatoes after it was like the whole day it felt like. Yeah. And then um, she asked for notes like in an attitude kind of way and Sydney's like yeah perfect no notes you know and she's like excuse me you know <laughs> she thought she was gonna be a bitch the whole time but like no it's just I, I work here I need you to do your job you weren't doing it thanks for doing your job finally yeah and then finally there's that respect where she starts calling her chef too and you know again we get to see more of her in season two fall in love with her craft uh, Tina, which is great, man, because at first, you know, Tina could be a little petty and off-putting, but a little, yeah, <laughs> she got. <laughs> but I love her again. Like with Marcus, we get to see her passion, and it like makes her feel good that she's doing good and getting compliments on her cooking. You know, she's not just like a background helper anymore. I mean, I think that's pretty much all of Tina's like character yeah. in season one, because. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a lot. Uh, there was another episode where they bonded, uh, where, the, where the circuit breakers went out. Tina was helping her outside when they had to cook that food. And I think that was a great episode. That was great on Sydney's part, too, yeah. And, like, in terms of uh, improvisation and stuff mm-hmm. like that, again, that was on Marcus uh, blowing the circuits. But um, <laughs> yeah. the way, uh, you know, Sydney took over and, like, improvised and stuff like that, uh, you know, 
I think that was the uh, birthday party episode, wasn't it? You might be right. That might have been the birthday party episode, yeah. Because they got back, uh, Carmi and uh, Richie right. got back. And like, what the hell yeah. is this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, one, they lost a lot of meat, so they had to cook outside. And, like, they had to cook outside. So they did this, like, makeshift barbecue thing going out, uh, going on. And I think a lot of the customers like that, too. But, uh, like, Sydney and um, I just forgot, Tina were, them, like, the main ones cooking. Everybody else was, like, uh, you know, helping and stuff like that. But I think Sweeps was doing his normal you know, job taking orders. Ibrahim was uh probably helping him take orders and just like, you know, fixing the food going around and stuff like that. But as far as like the main ones cooking was Sydney and Tina, cause, like Tina had to like, she was staying in the fire for too long. She had to like get back and, you know, tag out pretty much. And Marcus again was pretty much moping that he fucked up the restaurant that day. So. Yeah, that's true. I forgot that. But that, see, that goes to my point that uh Sydney has great leadership um initiative. And I think that's what Carmi sees in her. You know, he's seen that she handled that by herself and it worked out. So I think, again, that's why he gave her more to do. You know what I'm saying? But we won't get back into that. Yeah, we That'd be a whole episode <laughs> going at that. But yeah, Tina is a great character. At first, you don't think she's going to be like a main part of the show, which is a great thing this show does. It gives these moments. I was talking to my wife about this. In most shows, like... um. We'll have a conversation and then it'll just cut away. Uh, but this this show feels more real to me because we'll have this conversation and this moment, but it it won't cut away. It will just stay for like um, a few minutes while they're just talking. And it, it's just, it's really cool. And anyways, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It gives these smaller <laughs> characters moments to shine that you wouldn't really see on everybody except the dishwashers. <laughs> that is true yeah but yeah and sweeps too like we don't get to see much but um yeah like i don't think some of these characters would shine on other shows you know what i'm saying so it's great yeah yeah but yeah that's tina great well we done talked about pete a little bit which is sugar's wife and you know i love his well family. yeah no it is sugar's wife <laughs> <He's a sissy laughs> boy. <laughs> sugar's husband but we could talk about him a little more because this goes into what we've been talking about the birthday episode which is hilarious so we carmy finds out there's this character uncle jimmy he comes around and we find out that uncle jimmy loaned mikey three hundred thousand dollars to stay afloat basically and he's like sell me the restaurant he keeps trying to buy the restaurant from carmy uh, so he could get his money back. And he's like, oh, if you don't sell it to me, you got to pay me back. And Carmi's like, I can't do that. So what they work out is uh, he starts doing some jobs for him, like catering <laughs> his son's birthday party, which is so un under uh, uh, beneath him, you know, like his ability. He's cooking fucking hot dogs for his, his son. But um, it was a hilarious yeah, episode from the jump. Uh, Richie comes out there with a hot dog. <laughs> costume or whatever <laughs> yeah hot dog balloon like those little uh ones you see at car lots and shit <laughs> yeah and there's a really uh funny moment when we get to see them trying to deflate it and he's like frailing jumping all over and stuff <laughs> but uh yeah, like, idiots <laughs> but uh they get there and they're doing their thing cooking hot dogs and stuff no ketchup right i think they said because it's a chicago yeah, they way. forgot to bring ketchup yeah. well, no they forgot it Richie, Richie left it on purpose. So involved in, 
Oh, he said, I thought he uh, forgot it because he was, uh, was putting the shirt on the damn hot dog. Oh, that's oh yeah. He's like, I thought you brought cousin. He's like, no, I brought the fruit for the drink. He was like, who the fuck puts ketchup on a hot dog? Because in Chicago, I think it's just like mustard, and they put like little tomatoes on it. But he's like fucking kids. Too, <laughs> he's like kids <laughs> like, put it, Richie. So the, anyways, they did that, and uh, Carmi, being the chef he is, he whips up like a, a what do they call it? A cooler? A, the drink he makes? Yeah. Colada or something? It's like agua fresca, kind of. It's like fresh fruit and like yeah. homemade punch in a way. But fucking Richie, man, he drops his anxiety medication in it. <laughs> it roofies everybody. <laughs> Uh yeah. <laughs> I you know when it, when I first seen it, I was like, I can't believe they're doing this because all the kids were passed out on the ground. And, yeah. And Uncle Jimmy came out there, bro. I thought they were gonna be like fucked. You know, he was gonna be pissed, but he was happy. He's like, Oh, that's He's great. Like, as long as they're shutting up. <laughs> as long as they're shutting up, I don't care. He said, Thank God. He said, My God, what did you do? <laughs> and going back to Pete. Uh, Pete, the whole episode, he was there too, dropping off a gift, but he stayed and he was trying to, um, talk to Richie and Carmi cause he actually, one thing about Pete that I love is he actually really, uh, looks up to Carmi and respects him, you know, but, um, he it said, it's not mutual. No. And it's sad. <laughs> it's sad. You know, he gives out that love, but he don't receive it back, you know? Um, <laughs> but the whole time Carmi was doing his his chef thing he kept he kept all the stuff you know he kept scrapbook of it and he said i kept up with everything and i love what you did out in noma and i love this you know so he gets a little respect at the end because we find out pete has been roofy too <laughs> and he's passed out yeah. you know and he drives him home and they're like oh i love you pete and that kind of stuff but pete is more of a i don't know what would you say like comical relief or like little satire in there. I think he's just there to show the toxicity of the main family. Because, like, again, you see that in season two, like, it's clear as day. That's a whole hour episode. But um, he comes in, basically, he's, uh, you know, playing off sugar and stuff like that because she pretty much caught the really bad end of, like, the, the familial toxicity there. And she's kind of out of it and kind of not. She uh, obviously loves Carmi. She loved Mike, obviously, but, like, as far as like their relationship where they go back and forth and like, like insulting each other, Mikey and Carmi did it. Richie and uh, Mikey and Richie and Carmi did it. But like she was always just very supportive. And again, that you'll see why in season two, but it's like she was always supportive, just always playing that, you know, secondary uh, mother role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she just, you know, I, I don't want to say wanted out of the family, but like wanted out of that toxicity, like that cycle of toxicity. So she's just like, she married like this average Joe. Sweetest like, guy though. Like, yeah, he's, like, so soft and, like, just, like, caring. And she's still, like, she can't escape it because she, like, sometimes she, like, you know, verbally abuses him sometimes. But it's, like, <laughs> it's kind of, like, in a jokingly, like, you know, just, like, you're, you're being stupid. Shut the fuck up kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing, like, crazy. Like, oh, you're you're not a man. You're you're just a, you know, you're this, you're that. It's, it's nothing crazy. Yeah, and he knows. But so. it is there. But um, so he's just, like, this, like, soft guy. And, like, I think he just works better, like, pretty much in contrast with like the main family, just to show how fucked up they are. Like you, throughout the whole show, both in season one and season two, mainly season two, you get, you, you're supposed to understand that like these people are fucked up. They're, they're not 
people. Like they're good people, like in terms of like how they treat other people, but like how they are to each other, they're like very critical, toxic as fuck. Uh, it's just like they don't know how to display and show, you know, love and one just understanding. Like they're always in bad situations, and then, like again, they work together really well. It's just like for one reason or another, they're just always on edge. But then, like you said, you bring in somebody normal into the toxic yeah. relationship. Like, we kind of get to see that with Marcus, too, because he's just a good guy, you know, and he can't, he immediately can't handle that toxicity and yeah. uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Because Carmi's actually pretty nice to Marcus the whole show, you know, until that moment. Yeah. But Pete as well, I like that. It's a good reference of like what happens when you bring someone in that's loving into a toxic relationship or family. Because um, Sugar, Sugar herself is really sweet, too, and has a big heart, you know, um, and she has a different relationship with Carmi. Like, they call each other out, but it's more of a loving relationship, too. And, yeah, uh, she's actually the one that made him check into the AA stuff. And, like, yeah. she was mad because she thought he wasn't going, but he really was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a great moment, too, um, when he finally goes to the therapy for, uh, so I think it's for... Uh, use family members right yeah he has like a seven minute monologue that doesn't cut away and it's just it's great like him realizing stuff you know he says him trying to fix the restaurant has been him trying to fix what was going on with his brother you know and i know we're just kind of jumping around but going back to carmy a little bit like we said he's so closed off and he, he i don't know if you picked up on this but he can't even say uh i love you to his family members definitely season two if i didn't pick up on yeah. it on one <laughs> but uh, see i didn't pick up on it as much in season one until i watched season uh two so uh she keeps saying i love you sugar keeps saying it to him and he just says okay see you later you know he keeps closing off but he might say it to richie or to like um a friend or something but he can't say it to his own family for some reason which is really sad you know but um yeah sugar is a great character and we get more on her too in season two, which is this is great. <laughs> it really is the best show on television right now. Like that's no agree. exaggeration. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can't even think of anything that comes close now. If Atlanta was still running, you know, we might have a little mm -hmm. a little doozy on our hands. Doozy. But I can't right now. I don't think nothing's topping it, man. And it, well, I can't really say because I don't watch TV like that. But like, I do. The fact that I'm watching <laughs> the show so religiously and analyzing everything should tell you that in itself, right there. Mm -hmm. and now i do i watch tv all the time but like the what the so special about this show it's so unique and it like has great character moments it's a very character driven show and we get these great moments with almost every single character which is kind of unheard of on tv you know and we get to live in this world where like a lot of shows are kind of rushed and stuff but to me it seems like hulu and uh fx they just uh really let the creative team take the reins on this one and the writers specifically they just let them do their thing man and they they fucking did their thing i was laughing about that writer strike because i was like damn bro we, we just got like this was obviously one, season one and season two were done before the writer strike but i was like damn bro this is really gonna fuck up season three isn't it <laughs> or at least delay it no yeah everything too man and you know now they're talking about doing like a director's strike too so, I also heard of a the actor strike. 
Yeah, y'all are being paid, bro. What are you talking about? The actors, y'all are the ones, the main ones being paid. Like, you know, maybe like equal pay for uh, male and female or something like that. But I, I I don't know. I feel like it's pretty fair now, don't you? That's what I'm saying. What you saying? The dudes on The Big Bang Theory got like a million or something like that an episode. That's true. They need any adjustments. (laughs) They don't need no adjustments. It's the directors and the damn writers. Yeah. So, well, last time this happened, it's going to be animation. Yeah, for <laughs> you don't want to act, hey. Okay. Last time when they had a big writer strike like this, what they did is uh they made a deal with the directors, and then they shortened it up and made a, a BS deal with the writers that didn't stick, obviously. So they're probably doing that again, but I hope not because the show is incredible. But I will wait as long as I need to. <laughs> yeah, it just sucks, man. Cause like. Oh man, we had just gotten to a good flow here, man. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah. Um, but another thing on this show I think is so special is the cinematography. It's just incredible. Like some of the shots, the way they frame them, is just I don't know. I don't, I don't really see that on TV, you know. So it's really good. Uh, season two, too, man. They got the budget, but um, the actors they got. Like I know we keep saying season two, we're, and we're not spoiling anything, no. but like just season two is just. It, and look, we're praising season one. Like, is season one, what would you rate? I'd say 10 out of 10. Like, 10 out of 10. Shit. And honestly, if it ended the way it did, I would have been happy with it. It would have been like this perfect little time, you know? Um, so, yeah. Season two is like. God tier, bro. <laughs> my opinion, five times better. It's close. It's cl- The things they do in season two is just, I, I don't believe they went there. You know, it's just like. Uh, but I gotta we will do a review yeah. on season two pretty soon as well. Let's go back to season one. Perfect, perfect show. Like I said, if it ended in the way it did, which the way it ends, let's jump into that. So from the first episode, we see Carmi is supposed to make this family spaghetti, right? Um, and Richie is very adamant about it and it sells really good on their menu, but Carmi don't want to make that. What do you say? Um, he can't make it. He didn't know the exact recipe. He was going to make some kind of, you know, superficial high end because that the mm-hmm. ones that he's used to. But like as far as the family that the people in the restaurant, the people that go to the restaurant are used to. He didn't know how to make it because he didn't have the recipe. Mikey had it. That's true. And Marcus and everybody's roasting him like, oh, he doesn't even know how to make pasta. <laughs> he's like, I fucking know how to make it. But um, let me jump back. The first episode at the end. When all the chaos is happening, what's the arcade game they had? Ball Breakers. Ball Breaker. Yeah. I think it's a knockoff Mortal Kombat or something. That's what like they that. said. Yeah. In like 80s or something. And it was just impossible to beat. But they had this big tournament because uh, Carmi, you know, he tweeted or tweeted out or whatever that they're going to have one. But you have to pay to buy a sub to get in, basically. But it goes to hell and the Richie goes gets on him and he's like, you're going to go in that kitchen and make this fucking spaghetti, you know? And we see Carmi cutting in the tomato sauce, right? But he throws yeah. it away at the end. Cause he's like, I'm not fucking do it. So we don't see the spaghetti come back till the very end, which is very important. <laughs> and uh, did you notice something? Every time ball breakers, his own screen, it actually adds to like the, the ambiance and the music. Like I think during that, like all that, like one of the cutaways, it was like, a, it was a quick transition, but, um, it was during episode seven. Everything was going to shit. You just hear in the background, ball breaker. And it was saying something it was like, oh, like, fuck you. Like, everybody's yeah, intentions yeah. were high and stuff like that. And then ball breakers was pretty much like, like, bringing it up. It was higher. Like, every time it was just saying something in the background, uh, basically, like, 
I want to say it was like internal thoughts for like the uh, the people just working there. Like they're not saying anything, but this was like their internal thoughts. It's like it was like really adding to just like the, the tension in that scene in that episode too. No, I think so too. That that's a great addition. Like that's I caught that on my second watch of the season. I didn't catch it the first time around. Yeah, see, that's why we're saying if you've seen season two, please go back. But um, yeah, that's it. whoever did the sound design and uh, score and stuff did a phenomenal job. And we've seen that a little bit with the flashbacks too um when he was like at the nyc restaurant or he was dreaming we seen the order machine going and it would say fuck you you piece of shit like on it like it yeah. was an order what well, that comes back too but um going back to the spaghetti who, who would have thought the spaghetti would be the most important part you know and we see richie in a later episode at the locker i think he's trying to cool off or whatever and we see behind yeah. the locker he finds a note from mikey that he left uh, to Carmi. And it comes back on the last episode uh, after Carmi's making amends with everybody, you know, but he sets the kitchen on fire again. He like, he's not just daydreaming at his house anymore. He, he does it during the day, which is like I said, it seems like he's got PTSD and stuff too. Also we find out in season two, it's just very easy to do. What's that? The plot line in season two. Remember, it's just real easy to set stuff. Oh, on fire yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. It is. But um yeah, anyways, cut cousin uh Richie helps him snap out of it and stuff and he's Carmi's in the break room trying to calm down and stuff and he finally gives him this letter and he said he wasn't gonna give it to him this whole time. Cause he's had it since what it was like episode two or three he found yeah, it. Episode two. Um I forget, but it was early on and he's had it the whole time and he wasn't gonna give it to him. You know, he said cause if I I wasn't going to give it to you because if I did, it means that Mikey's really gone, you know. So, Carmi, you know, he opens it up and we see Let It Rip. And that's all it said, but on the back was the fucking spaghetti recipe, the family spaghetti recipe. So, he decides to make it to make up for everything that he's done, you know, and try to make amends with everybody. And another thing that was happening during the whole show is Carmi kept questioning, why did Mikey order the small um can, cans of uh spaghetti sauce you know and he on the note he wrote it tastes better because <laughs> carmy was adamant about we're wasting money let's order the big ones you know yeah but we see why at the end carmy cracks open the can and he dumps it in the uh, pan and the water cash comes out and um i love this moment what'd you think about this i mean it was like really like i don't want to say deus ex machina but basically, if he hadn't made that spaghetti, I'm pretty sure that restaurant would have fell under right there. But um, just in terms of like, just like how he found it, one, I, I just want to also note, Richie wasn't like physically holding on to the note. He put it back behind the lockers after he found it in episode two. I guess he wanted either uh, Carmen to find it on his own or he really just wasn't going to tell Carmen about it until like he was ready to accept that Mike was gone. But um. There were like when he was kept when he kept checking the records, Carmi, uh, he kept seeing, I think it was what KBJ something electric or something like that. Either way, it was like a bunch of people's initials together. And he's like, where is this money going to? I, I want to call them to get them their money, basically. It was a lot of money, um, too, because he thought it was a bill. And obviously it was a bill, but it was more or less like money set aside. Uh, but he was like, I need to pay these people. But there's like this. It says this company doesn't exist. I can't talk to anybody on the phone. What is this KBJ shit? And he just happens to look under the sauce after the, the water cash comes out. It's like, hold on. 
I think this is, you know, these people. And, and he said, okay, let's open up all the sauce in here. Let's make the spaghetti. And they find all the money, and it pretty much saves them from in season one. Um, but it was also just like a good moment. It's like, one, they, just, they run with the fact that, hey, Mikey is gone. He's dead. He's not coming back. He left me this restaurant, and he, you know, there's that, that let it rip uh, is like a family saying for them. Uh, I think even the mom says it, or but either way, uh, like whenever they say let it rip, it's like go out, do your own thing, you know, prove me wrong, prove me wrong, prove me right type of deal for them. It's just like go get them, tiger type deal. So he's like, Mikey's gone. Two, I left this restaurant to you because I know you could do it. Uh, he never, you know, in the note, it's just like again, it's let it rip and it's the recipe on the back. So he never explains why he didn't want uh, Carmi working in a restaurant, but it's just like. It's not that I, you know, the note is basically saying with the recipe, it's like, I knew you could always do it, but, you know, I just didn't want you working here in this environment or something like that. I don't, you know, either way, let it rip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And three, it does make amends with like the whole family. Like he said, uh, they've always had like these family, like not necessarily dinners, but like this family meal for like the people in the restaurant. Cause again, they're a family pretty much. But uh, this one, like really felt like a family. Cause that, again, this is the end of season one. By this time, everybody's cool with Carmi. Everybody's cool with, uh, you know, Richie. Richie's uh, also accepting the fact that, hey, some things are going to have to change. That's just life. Uh, Sydney and Marcus uh, were gone, obviously. I think they only were, like, out for, like, two episodes or something like that. But uh, Marcus comes back. He never, like, officially quit. Uh, Sydney did, but uh, Marcus comes back. So by the time they find the sauce, he's in there working with them and everything, too. But, like, Sydney comes back to collect her check and everything like that. And they're like, look beef is squashed uh come back help us out um they don't do that till season two we're gonna make this yeah well they do that but no he did it to her i'm pretty sure a couple times but nobody knew what it meant okay like, uh, i noticed you keep doing this because he always did it because again that trauma was just in his head it was drilled in there because uh joe McHale's character he's like he's like this ghost or whatever he keeps taunting him even yeah. like you know he's not physically there obviously he's a world-renowned chef himself mm -hmm. uh that joe McHale's character so he's obviously not going to come in and check on Carmi. He's not his fucking babysitter, but he's like he keeps getting haunted by him. He's like every time he fucks up, trauma. It's, yeah, he's always there. But um, yeah. So basically, everybody was like, "Hey, yo, everything's cool. We realize, hey, episode seven, we fucked up. We can get by this. If everybody's cool, it won't know, you know, work and improve. We can start this again. We have the funds now to do things how I want to do it. If everybody's willing to give this a second shot, I'm willing." Mm -hmm. So I think it was like, again, I think it was a great closer. And again, great, like yeah. you said, I'm not one for like, you know, shows being like one season, especially eight episodes and being done. I hate anime that's like 12 episodes and you never see anything. But like this could have, you know, been like the finale, like and there couldn't have been another season. And this would have been like wrapped up perfectly. I agree. Um, yeah, it was, it was just like it was perfect, honestly. And like it was open enough where they can do a second season. But it was like you could kind of imagine what they do. But I'm yeah. so glad they kept it going. And like low key, if they had done like a time skip or like, you know, because uh, even in season two, the restaurant's still like most of the season is still like uh, basically under construction. And in two, they're like still not breaking even yet. But like um, if they had done a time skip and it just like we, we just see like maybe three, four years later, maybe uh, Sydney's like head chef and somebody else is sue under her or stuff like that. And like it's like a different basically look of the building. Maybe a few different, like kind of like we got in season two, maybe a few different chefs in there walking around and stuff like that. But it's just like, you know, Carmi's actually relaxing for once because, again, he's always stressed out. Richie's doing his thing. But, you know, if they had done a time skip and it was like a totally different restaurant, 
but the same feel pretty much, I wouldn't have been mad at that either. I wouldn't have either. No, I just, uh, I would have missed Carmi, you know, being there, but I, they could have went a lot of ways. I'm glad the direction they went. Um, it's perfect. Yeah. But as we said, we'll get into that. But uh, going back to the spaghetti sauce, when he first opens that can, we get this great shot. Uh, Carmi's face is just like, <laughs> you know, and he yeah, screams I mean, out. He's like, help. He screams out, help, like he's dying. It was. Well, no, he calls for his cousin. And that also shows you, like, the relationship him and Richie have. That's true. He called cousin first, yeah. But he said cousin. So it's like he obviously trusts Richie enough with this. Or, and I don't think this is the case. I think it's a a trust thing. But I guess, uh, you know, on the flip side, he could like, is this drug money cousin? Like, (laughs) yeah, come confirm this for me. But I'm pretty sure it was a trust thing at that point. Yeah. And um, I don't, I know where the money comes from. They don't know at end of season one. But we find out pretty quick in season two where it came from. Uh, cause yeah, we thought it was drugs kind of, but, um, it's a lot of fucking money. And that's when Sydney walks in, you know, and they had that great moment. She, she was just picking up her check, but what did he say to her in that last moment? It was just like, oh, he, he starts talking about opening the new restaurant and he starts saying, uh, something like a details about the restaurant. And she's like, yeah, a little, a window for the sandwiches, booths. And it says something about, a. Yeah. Chaos menu, I think. Yeah, chaos menu. And yeah. So that ensues her and she comes back, you know, and works. But that I love the family meal shot so much because I think Sugar's there too, right? Am I correct in that? I want to say I she's there. So. But yeah, it, it's her and Pete, right? Yeah, yeah, Pete too. I I it's a great moment though because Carmi's actually eating with them because the um other episodes that we see them having family. But Carmi doesn't sit there because all he's thinking about is work. But, you know, he got to really take the time here and um, eat with them. And the camaraderie was there, you know, and he's trying to do better and change. And then the final shot, we get to see Carmi walk out and it says uh, the original beef has closed after something. And it says coming soon, the bear, you know. So yeah. I thought I got chills. <laughs> you know, I thought that was just like a perfect closer to the season. Yeah, phenomenal. Ten out of ten. I just also want to say, like the the whole giving away the recipe, pretty much at the end, and everybody's eating and stuff like that. I feel like that was, and I think it showed a flashback of Mike too smiling and stuff like that. It like really solidified the fact that you know this was always Mikey's. uh, I keep calling him Mikey, like I know the guy, but like that's what they they called him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't don't want to say Michael, but (laughs) yeah, uh, but like they they pretty much. drill it into you if you didn't realize by now it was always mikey's wish for you know Carmi to work there but like i guess never under the extreme conditions or just never under the failing conditions that it was previously but like this is like his um not inheritance because i think it was originally like i said mikey's because their father owned it first and he gave it to mikey after he passed i guess but like not necessarily an inheritance but like a passing of the torch so richie withholding that uh that letter until now is like kind of like perfect because like I feel like if they had got that money earlier, one Sydney shit wouldn't have went through. They would have just got the money, did it how uh, you know, uh Carmi wanted it done. And maybe they would have talked about stuff but the, about the menu, but I think mainly he probably just would have maybe just paid off the debts and just started trying to uh, change the restaurant. Yes, um, that's a great God point. Richie finds it. <laughs> uh, well, see, see they make you think Richie was his bad guy, but at the end, you know, we could see he's really a great guy and him and Carmi are close like him and Mikey were. 
you know. And well, uh, I'm not saying he's gonna steal it, but I'm saying he wouldn't. Uh, he basically just would have said. So I had this money said he wouldn't have said where it was from. Where oh, he would have. He would have kept everything the same. Yeah. Yeah, he would have just. There would have been nothing changing. He might have kicked Sydney out, fired. Her, like, well, you got all this money. Well, I, okay, you got it. You know what I'm saying? That's a great point. Yeah, because if they found it too early, I think it would have fucked everything up. And if they didn't go through the stressful uh, episode seven, you know, things yeah. things would have been a lot different. Um, a lot. <laughs> uh, episode. I'm thinking now. Episode one. If he had just made the damn spaghetti the way uh, it was supposed to be done. Yeah. Yeah. He'd have found it. <laughs> yeah, because. See, it's great foreshadowing too, because we see him cut open the can and just look at it for a second, and then he just like chunks it into the trash, you know. Damn, somebody got lucky then. It see, <laughs> I was trying to think though, watching it back, I don't know if it was the big cans that he threw away, because you know they had yeah. some big cans too and small cans, but I, I think it was a big can actually, but still it was foreshadowing, you know. It's like yeah. you're in the gutter if you don't, you know. Yeah, phenomenal TV show. I, you know, I can't believe what my eyes are watching. <laughs> I don't think there's anything uh, close to this quality on TV, especially acting wise. Um, like the lead actor is just phenomenal. You know, phenomenal. Uh, even like people that are just getting into acting are doing good. Like uh, Lionel, um, who plays Marcus. You know, he he does pretty good this season, but we really could see him shine his acting chops in season two and then one character we didn't even talk about yet it's fact and i was about uh, to say where's fact <laughs> maddie matheson i think is his real name and he's actually a chef in real life um yeah so he doesn't really act a lot so he did great on the show he's kind of used as like this he's almost like a pete but he's a pete that belongs you know he's goofy and innocent but uh he's used his comic relief a lot of the times and um, I love his character and the whole time he just wants to work there, but he's like the fixer upper guy, you know, and he fixes everything for them, but they underestimate him the whole time, the whole time. And, you know, he's like, can I work in the kitchen? Can I work up front? But they're like, no, fact, fix this. And, <laughs> you know, we'll pay you with sandwiches. Um, but I really like the fat character. And again, we get more of him on season two. Uh, what did you think of fact? He was great. Like I said, everybody underestimated him and it was pretty much just like, hey, get this work and get the fuck out. Get this work and get the fuck out. And then it was like, he really had like this heartfelt moment. He was like, uh, with Richie. And I think he, again, he caught Richie on a bad day, but I mean, early on in the seasons, every day was a fucking bad day for Richie. But, uh, he's like, I, I need to talk about, uh, he's like, I need to talk to HR. I really want to get a job here. He's like, yeah, I'm fucking HR. Fix the damn toilet, <laughs> basically. Uh, and he's like, uh, no, seriously, I have qualities. I want to work here. He's like, why do you want to work here? You just want fucking free food or something like that. He's basically just, you know, shoving him aside the entire time. But he really just wanted to work there. Because one, uh, I think fact, I don't think they're actually related either, like Richie. Uh, but they're like good family friends. And they come to like, you, you see that in season two. I know we keep referencing season two, but it's just like a lot of things make sense. You know, why people are this close, why people do this or something like that. But like, they're really close family friends, like to the point they were invited to a family dinner and stuff like that. It's like, you know, he was just a part of uh, as much as he was just apart he was oh my god he was close to mikey as well let me just say it like that <laughs> yeah he was close to mikey as well so it's like his death obviously hurt him he's probably not showing on the surface like he's cool with carmy he's cool with richie like bro just wanted to feel like he's part of the family and shit like that so it's just like they keep showing him aside uh sugar has a really soft spot for fact too <laughs> well really everybody like she like i said she's like this secondary maternal figure figure because you know 
The mother couldn't be pretty much. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Uh, but it's just like they like the mistreatment of fact, man. He's like he's gets. I think he's the one that suggested the ball breaker tournament. If I'm not mistaken, I don't remember actually. I think it was like uh, Carmi was looking at it, and Tina was like, "Don't unplug it, don't unplug it," you know. And oh, it was Carmi's idea because he was like, "When's the last time you cleaned out these machines?" And he's seen like hundreds of quarters coming out. It was like three hundred dollars worth of quarters, and then he tweets it out. Yeah, they basically just use fact for his connections and just for him to fix up the shot. But like, he does have uh, other qualities and stuff like that. And it's just like they, uh, they uh, what a couple episodes. He's like, yeah, can I come to the family dinner? He's like, no, no, it's just family. But I am family. No, restaurant family. Yeah, dinner. yeah. And they just he, yeah, they fucking. shit on him. Kind of it's sad. Uh, but he ate at the first family dinner and the last one, so that's what yeah. matters, you know. But I love his chemistry with the actor that plays Richie. They're so funny together. Like oh, yeah, they work too well together, man. They're when they're funny. fighting and shit, man, it's just it's so comical. But um, yeah, like uh, Kendall was saying, Fack was close to Mikey too, because uh, Marcus asks asks Fack if he knew Mikey, and he said, "Yeah, I did," but you know, it got dark at the end, so I left. <laughs> you know, but yeah, he he uses his comical exterior to kind of like you know, not show how he's really feeling and stuff. So I think he's a great character. And, you know, talking back about Richie a little bit, like, um, dude's been through a lot. Uh, we find out that he doesn't really get to see his kid all the time because he's going through a bad divorce. And, you know, he, he lost his best friend in the entire world and his family, you know. So it, Richie kind of has a right to be kind of dicky, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't say dicky, but I understand his circumstance and why he acts the way he does. I think for him, the whole changing thing and like this is getting spec. Uh, what is it? Speculation. This is me spectate. Yeah, speculation and stuff like that. But it's just like part of the reason he doesn't want the beef is to change. The beef to change is because he feels like that's a part of his old life, and he's already losing his daughter. He lost his uh his wife. Everything is changing too fast for him, and it's like I, I can't. You know what? I'm not going to rely on that. But basically, he just feels out of place uh, once things start changing. He's like, no, nah, things need to go back to the way they are. Uh, this is how it is. This is how it was. This is how it will be. It, it's working just fine. If you just do this, we'll survive pretty much. He doesn't want any change. But that's because it's, you know his life, his real life is changing so much and it's spiraling out of control. Pretty much the restaurant, some of the menu items, and just, I guess, a little bit influence on Carmi is like the only thing he has real control over so of course you wouldn't want to lose that and it's like I think that Joe episode and seeing you know what he does to Carmi what he does to the restaurant and I feel like honestly in that uh, seventh episode he was trying to change but at that point he had already was fucking with Sydney so much she just already hated him and she was fucking with him so like I, I honestly do feel like he was trying to turn a new leaf and like because again when everybody starts leaving, he starts going back in there. Cause I think Richie was, uh, after they got Sydney, Richie was basically put up in the front. He was taking orders, you know, doing that shit, uh, and just whatever else they needed him to do. But after that, he was like, he was back in the kitchen. He was working just as hard as everybody else. And it's just like, I think he just picked a bad day to mess with Sydney. Uh, but you know, Richie, like I said, I didn't like him at first, but he just like, he dipped for me and then he came back. Yeah. Honestly, so, he, he's one of the best, um, characters of the whole season for sure like his character growth and like you said we even see him throw on an apron and start cooking and doing dishes and doing whatever he needs to make the restaurant succeed and and it shows he really cares you know about this legacy of this restaurant and if it fails or not he he's in it too just like these guys are 
But yeah, man, I say overall the best character of the season had to be Carmi just because of everything we got in him. And then for me, it would probably be Richie. How about you? I want to be biased and say Marcus, but I'm because I'm thinking about yeah. season two. Yeah, we can't say. Uh, if I'm just focusing on season one, obviously the main character Carmi, but I mean that's literally how shows are supposed to be written—the main character. Like, so I'm I'm excluding him. Honestly, I think, and this uh, this is a cop out because it sound kind of sounds like one of my Batman review, but honestly, I think the neighborhood and uh the restaurant is like the the biggest the biggest character because you see the environment's taking its toll on everybody else around them uh tr- again tradition and shit like that so it's just like like that it's just this fear of the restaurant's gonna close because everybody around them is closing and again i love the addition that you know because most tv shows when covid hit they just ignored it even i think like some medical shows and shit like that but this show is like yeah covid happened in our universe you know covid fucked with a lot of yeah which so is kind of surprising yeah it was rooted in you know reality pretty much and i mean you know it's it, it shows like this are rooted in reality, but I'm just saying basically they don't stray away from like real world events pretty much. Uh, so I'd say the restaurant, cause like you see like what it does to people, the surrounding area, like it leads a bunch of people to do fucked up shit. But near the end of it, they all, it like pushes them to all come together. Cause it's like, we don't want this to fail. This is like the last bastion pretty much here for this neighborhood. Mikey pretty much, I don't want to say he screwed the restaurant, but he kind of did. Uh, Mikey pretty much screwed it by getting into so much debt. Uh, a lot of other things I'm not going to get into, but it's just like, you know, once you got the money issue out of the way, it's like, you know, now we can start fixing this place up. So I'm going to say the restaurant. And then as far as a person, again, Marcus, but he's uh season two type shit. So, and then Carmi's main character. So I guess it would be Richie because you see him, you know, well, we've already talked about Richie, so just take all that shit we said into mind. But it's just like you see him pretty much be like this one trick pony that's up to no good, pretty much. It's just this all around character that steps up when he needs to. Mm-hmm. And as a result, in season two, he is rewarded. Yes. I'm not going to anything else because of his, you know, initiative and just overall loyalty. Because nobody else besides Carmi, and I feel like Carmi's only really like loyal to the restaurant because one, it's a family, you know it's an inheritance thing, but two, it's just like, he was like initially in season one, he was just trying to prove Mikey wrong because he thought Mikey didn't think he could work there. Yeah. Much. He's like, fuck you. He's I just can do doing this. It. Yeah. He's doing it as like a final fuck you. Well, like Richie was just like, one, this is all I have. And two, like, look at this restaurant. It's like, this, True. Is, this yeah. is family. This is family. It's another part of the family here. So his loyalty and overall is just rewarded. That's great. Yeah. And he, like we said, we'll, yeah season two we just keep saying that but uh yeah great growth all around and carmy had a great growth um if i had to pick like um a favorite moment so you can think about yours while i'm saying this but if i had to pick like one favorite moment on the show obviously uh episode seven most people are gonna say that that's just like astonishing for television the kind of quality and the way they shot that is just phenomenal the acting I can't imagine how many times I had to rehearse and rehearse that, but if I had to pick one besides the obvious, it would be the monologue of Carmi when he's talking about his brother in the restaurant, uh, when he's in his, uh, therapy meeting or, oh, I forget what they call it. He just called it a meeting. You know, he went to a meeting that, that scene right there is just incredible. And we could see like a slow zoom in on Carmi's face and the actor, Jeremy Allen White just, he shined through the whole season and 
you know, he really made us fall in love with this uh, main character. And just that moment when he he takes we get to peek behind the curtain and see what he's about and how he's actually doing. Because most of the show, we don't see how he's doing. We see stuff that's happening to him and he's dealing with trauma. But right here, we get to see him break down and air out how he's actually feeling and stuff. Also, I got to say that jacket he's wearing right there is phenomenal fire. I've, I <laughs> I looked at buying it. It is incredible. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This fucking guy. Bro, bro, like fashion in the show is sneaky, but it's there. It's actually like um, they picked out some nice fits, bro. <laughs> like that jacket the he had. design is a part of the show. Crazy. The, the white t-shirts he's wearing aren't just like a Hanes t-shirt. It's like a $50 t-shirt. This is the yeah but yeah. this guy's looking at white t-shirts jesus no nah, it was posted it was posted up so that's how i seen it mm-hmm. but um yeah i would say that's my favorite moment we get to see him kind of be vulnerable for once and actually speak out instead of like taking abuse or spewing out abuse so it was really really good moment uh what what would you say again you know episode seven is just just so fucking phenomenal. So fucking I want to say it's the whole Marcus and Sydney walking out because they were pretty much at the same time. Uh, yeah, it was like one after another, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Marcus was the last, but it was pretty much the same back because he was like he spent a good bit just moping about his damn donuts. But um, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, it was either that, and again, mine and probably Marcus focused, but uh, when he us uh, or it was, so it was either that moment or the one where he started posting up. He like spruced up his little workstation. Mm-hmm. With the flyers, because you see that little spark, just you know, oh get yeah, lit right there. yeah. He gets inspired, and I think that's when uh he well he talks to Sydney, but then Sydney later gives him some books because this was again this was early on, so Carmi was still trying to get to know the people there. So Carmi was just happened to be talking. This they were walking in in the morning. Carmi was talking to Mark. He's like, oh yeah, so I noticed you put those things up there. You know that is actually a hard dish to make. I want to say it too. I think he said something about it took like 48 hours to make because you need two people doing this and then you have to get the gelatin to a certain consistency and nobody could do it. And then this is how you, uh, this is how you know Sydney knows her shit. Right when uh, Carmen was about to give Marcus the answer, because he was thinking, oh, damn, how'd they do that? Sydney comes in, he's like, oh, you add this. And I forget what that uh, ingredient was, but like you see that core chemistry with those three right there. Uh, and, that, and that leads up into like, you know, obviously – uh, season two, another mention. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you see that core, you know, trio right mm-hmm. there build up. And I don't, I, I want to say trio, but like. Well, it's like. Again, it's kind of like a quartet because Richie is also just a well, much Well, I would say, of, you know. Uh, the core everything. passion, like the people that are really, really passionate about their craft. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's not fair. Richie's passionate too. Oh, and I. Not, don't talk saying, don't about season two no more. <laughs> season one. It's just I don't want to cut him off, you know, because I want to give him credit where credit because I don't no, want to just yeah. cut him off. He's then, and then there's Tina. Then yeah. there's Tina too. So Tina too. People, really. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. But that's that's a great <laughs> moment, man. Um. Yeah. I just love seeing Marx's passion for cooking. So it's tied between those two for you. Yeah, because like basically, Marcus has no experience outside of baking bread, and I'm not one to you know. Oh, that's easy. I can do it. I don't bake either. But as far as I know, I've seen my grandma make cakes. Like she's made like three cakes in like one night. Just I don't. So I'm saying I don't think it's hard to do. But as far as like what he was saying, that thing he said the the recipe took 48 hours to do because you're having one thing take so much time, and one person has to be constantly on it, stirring it, and then another person is making a second component for it. So it's like you see him go from 
making bread uh, a simple thing. Again, I don't know. I don't cook, so I'm, I want to say it's simple. But to these complex fucking things where he finally masters a donut on episode seven. So. Yeah, and one thing I want to mention, too, with Marcus real quick is uh, they kind of tease a little relationship between Marcus and Sydney. We didn't talk about, you know, um, at first, it's kind of just like platonic, you know, um, they kind of group together after the Carmi freak out and trauma dumping. Yeah, exactly. They uh, Marcus goes over to Sydney's apartment and she cooks for him and they kind of talk about how shitty that was and what happened. So, you know, they kind of tease that relationship, but they're good for each other. As friends, too, I think, because, you know, they lean on each other a lot. And, uh, you know, we get more of that. But uh, anyways, it's obviously we want to talk about season two, but we're going to save all that for later. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's that kind of wraps up this. As we said, a 10 out of 10. uh, Some of the best television I've ever seen in my entire life, I think. Since they have season two now, this is up there for like one of the best first seasons of television of all time for sure. Like, you know, I can't think of a lot right now, but it's up there. It's in the conversation, you know, Breaking Bad's up there and stuff like that. But this is this is definitely in the conversation and they really did their fucking thing. Well, anyways, you know, I want to give props to everybody that worked on the show. We don't know everybody's names, obviously the writers and, you know, everybody behind the scenes did phenomenal phenomenal job <laughs> um yeah man it's just mainly the writers though we appreciate you i yes. can't pay you myself but you know i appreciate you bro <laughs> yes we actually need paid actually but <laughs> but uh yeah respect to everybody that worked on the show it's amazing and um as we said we're gonna be covering season two as well pretty soon i don't i don't think it'll be the next episode but it'll be a few down the road maybe as we said, we're doing 24 episodes a season, and this makes 19. So we're almost done. <laughs> I mean, not in a good way, but, you know, we get, we got a lot more things planned for season two and better quality for sure. So uh, you got anything else to say on the bear before I wrap it up? No. Wrap it up like a like Watch it or watch it if you want to. Uh, not if you want to. I'm telling you. Watch it now. <laughs> yeah. Please, if you <laughs> if you think it's just like a cooking show and you're not into cooking, it's not that at all. It's like a really good drama and a character set piece. You know, there's something for everybody for sure. And it's funny as fuck. As sad as it could get and uh, anxiety fueled, it is funny as fuck. Yeah, especially if you got dark humor like us, man. It's <laughs> yeah, right up your alley. It is great. But uh, as always, thank you guys for tuning in and be sure to leave us a review wherever you find your podcast. It's free. You know, just tap the five stars if you would, you know, help us out a lot. (laughs) And thanks for all the support recently. You know, uh, we've been getting good feedback and stuff. So thank you all for tuning in and we will catch you on the next one. Peace.